there's no shortage of companies out there and no shortage of products out there. So making good products is you know a base standard. So what do you stand for beyond that? It's about finding that that nugget that makes you stand out from the crowd and makes you relevant to your consumers. Hey, and welcome to the Leading with Nice podcast, where we want to help you inspire others, build loyalty, and get results. My name is Matthew Ewell, and today I am super excited because we're being joined by Matt Johnston, who is a co-founder of Collective Arts Brewing. They're based out of Hamilton. But what I'm really excited is they do some innovative things in both their way of thinking and the way they approach the brand. And as you can imagine, in beer sales in Canada and the US, there hasn't been an abundance of innovation. So we're going to talk to him. But before we do that, I just want to tell you really quickly, right now we've just released an online course, which I think is perfect for the time we're in called Communicating in Crisis. If you head over to our website, leadingwithnice.com, there's a 15% discount code. And what you'll learn in the course is everything you need to know about how to communicate well during a crisis, both before it happens, when it initially happens, the maintenance mode, winding it down, and then the post actions you should take. So without further ado, let's get into it. Matt's been on the line very patiently as I ramble on through the introduction. So Matt, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, chat today. So I want to get into this uh area in a question or two and that's the area of around like creativity community diversity but i would really love for our listeners to hear your origin story which i think was born out of a desire for something greater because both you and bob uh, bob the other uh, co-founder had backgrounds in creativity and ales but you wanted something more. Can you just give a little overview of the origin story? I think it'll resonate with where some of our listeners are right now. Sounds good. I like creativity and ales. I'll use that again. <laughs> yeah, I, we we definitely both had a background in, in, in those spaces. And really simply, I, I approached Bob and said, I'm, I'm looking to do, uh, go out on my own, do something new, something different, something with a you know, real soul. Is he interested in that? He naively said yes. And so when we really sat down with you know a blank piece of paper in front of us, we really quickly uh, aligned on the same idea, which is we wanted to build a, a purpose-based company that champions creativity. So that quickly evolved into a global call for art, reaching out to artists from all around the world, both visual artists as well as musicians, bringing those in, using volunteer curators to uh, help us sort through everything that was submitted and create a series. And then we bring that to life on our packaging and all of our, our other channels of, of events and, and social media and everything. Uh, we pay the artists. We take no ownership. You know, We can only use it for a limited period of time. And we do everything we can to then go beyond to champion them and help them create a, additional revenue sources for themselves. And that's really been what we've been all, all about. So if, if you're going to be founded in creativity, as you, as you said, creativity and ales, it needs to also start with the beverages we make. 
And how do you be creative on the inside, which is what craft beer has been all about. And then how do you ter- turn that creativity on the outside and, and connect our, our experiential drinkers with these amazing artists so that everyone can see past the status quo. And, and, and so that's, that's been our, our driving force. If you're listening to this, go skip back 30 seconds and listen to that last bit about being creative on the inside and how do you manifest that on the outside. And there's two articles. If you search Collective Arts Brewing and then Financial Post in Canadian Business, there's two great articles where they dive deeper into that. So if you're interested in that, go do that Google search after the show, of course. And certainly not while you're driving, if you're driving (laughs) during this pandemic. If you are driving during this pandemic, again, I ask, where are you going? Can I come with you? Uh, let's go back to that because I love what you do. For those who haven't seen the Collective Arts can, they're adorned with art. Matt talked about it very briefly. They got artists from around the world to submit art. And what I love is on the website, it actually encourages them. They say, don't create original art for this because we know how much work it takes. Give us something you've already created. And what I love about that, and I look at what you do, it's about building community, both with your with uh, people who buy your beverages and also those who contribute to making the product. And I see that as a real bedrock. Uh, You've said as much. And I see that both in an abstract way and a very tangible way. In a tangible way, for example, you said in the past that bringing brewing back to Hamilton is important for you. And you moved into the former Lakeport Brewery. You employ Hamiltonians. Tell me, and I think it's so important for right now, tell me more about this philosophy, this importance of this like local workforce this local community you're trying to build yeah for sure Uh, we look at communities in in a we have a number of uh circles that that define our community so for us uh community is our staff uh community is the artists that we work with community is our drinkers and then community is the physical geographies that we're in and so obviously hamilton is where our, our main brewery is. We have a, a second, a smaller one in Toronto. Uh, it's where our main brewery is, where the majority of our staff are. And so you know, we need to give back that much more in each of our communities. And um, yeah, it's been really important, especially as we've gone through, as you go through a pandemic, it's how do you take care of each of those communities from a safety standpoint and a give back standpoint? And so you know, one of the things, first things we did as the pandemic kicked in is obviously staff safety, how do you get product to our drinkers? And so we turned on e-commerce and then how do we give back to the local community? And we started doing uh, sanitizer so that we could give it to the local you know, food shelters and hospitals and, and make sure that they were helping to keep the general community safe. You were producing the sanitizer at your location. We actually worked with a partner to produce it and then we, we would uh, purchase and distribute it. Amazing. You know, if you've been listening or if you've uh, followed Leading with Nice, you know two of the you know, four tenets of navigating uh, from a communication standpoint this pandemic was consumers, the community at large, really want to know they've increased the importance of value they place on how your company treats employees. So you want to talk about it. And there's been a real value shift to local. So they want to know that the businesses in their neighborhood are caring about their community. If you're looking for actual examples of how that's done, uh, Matt just shared with you two ways. If you haven't done that already, start doing that. Share how you're caring for your employees and share how you're caring for your community. And, and if, if I may, we, we did kick off a, a program called More this year. It's actually, you know, Bob and I had the idea, you know, a year before we actually brewed our first batch of beer. 
when we officially kicked it off this year and more is a multifaceted initiative, which is very much uh, creativity for community. So collaborating with our various artists and how do we give back to those various communities? And it's, it has been very multifaceted. So we've had campaigns around pride, around International Women's Day. We've done limited release products with those as well as uh, for local food shelters. And you know what we've recognized is that there's a gap in government support, and and we have such a polarized world right now that we need to have a voice. You know, companies need to have a voice and need to have an opinion. And so for us, we've made sure our opinion is very much focused on inclusivity and diversity, and really championing marginalized communities because really that that is the bedrock of creativity. Is if you have a inclusive environment, it will foster the best creativity. To be fair, Leading with Nice gave our clients, we made some, we, we love woodworking here. So we made some coasters in our wood shop and we gave coasters and a, a selection of collective arts product to our clients this Christmas. And that was, you know, that's what kind of inspired us to learn more about you. And then for us to get excited about talking to you. And uh, I had one, I had one client uh, text uh, text the account manager and myself every day a picture of the different beer he was drinking with a little rundown. It was great. <laughs> but on your website, you have this very powerful statement about diversity. It lists a myriad of traits, like, like more than I've ever seen, that talks about what can make us diverse. But diversity is hard, right? Like it's hard to be diverse in, a, in an environment, in an education environment, a community environment, a work environment. It means inviting other voices sometimes that come with different polarities. So tell us why it's worth this pursuit of diversity with such a tenacity as Collective Arts does. Yeah, and I agree. It is, at first glance, it is it is hard, you know, just even from recruiting. You have to, at times, go out of your way to look at different ways to recruit so that you can make sure that you bring in diverse applicants that are qualified and come from different backgrounds. And so that's, you know, continues to be a, a, a work in progress for us. And there's some actually great um, initiative that's actually focused on the craft beer industry in the U.S. And it is very much about, you know, helping us create diversity in, in our hiring process. So it does take work and we focused on that. But as far as why it's important, really, it's you know, the last thing I want is um, a lot of people have the same up upbringing me, same background as me, and same opinions as me, I'm creating an echo chamber and I'm really just going to be talking to myself. And that's the last thing I want. Mm. I want a community in our company where we have those diverse backgrounds, those diverse opinions, and everyone feels very comfortable in that. And that will bring the best out in us, but also brings the best out in in society. Like at the the end of the day, why are we all doing this? You want to put your head down on your pillow at night and feel that you've you know you've made a difference and if we can feel that we've done had that impact mm-hmm. whether that's in hamilton or in the broader context with our our amplified voices campaign uh, that we've recently kicked off that is meant to cause people to stop and think and change their points of view and get involved if we can do those things you know we, i sleep better at night because i you know i hopefully have made the world a little bit better my uncle asked me this question when I was like 12 or 14. He said, Matthew, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral? And I was like, what? I was like, that's a crazy question. I'm 14. 
And he went on to explain that that should guide how you live your life. And so you're saying the same thing, like when you lay your head down at night on your pillow. Stephen Covey, who, if you're not familiar about the seven habits of highly effective people, he always said, start with the end in mind. And that's what you just described. So I want to take that and I'd love to get a couple of practical tips from you now. I just have two more questions. And the first one is this, uh, we've talked about it, you know, your labels are super unique. They're very awesome. And also that because you invite artists from around the world to submit them, you're not over the shoulder of a graphic designer creating your label. Like you don't know what will come in, but you've made this commitment to put them on and feature them. The amount of diversity is, is crazy. Like the way they look in the, in the styles, there are people uh, listening right now that have the power in their job, the authority to say, you know what, I'd like to do something creative like that, but they may not understand necessarily why, why they might want to invite people to contribute to their business that really are not part of their business. Yeah. Invite that chaos. <laughs> yeah. Like tell me a bit more about that. Like you've talked about it a little bit already, but speak practically now about like what you actually get out of it. Yeah. Is it, well, um, I think from a business standpoint, it's about creating an emotional connection with, with our, our drinkers. And if, if they align with our thinking and we can enlighten them and, and add value to their day, we're, we're going to be more, more relevant to them. And so we've created what we think is unique, hard to replicate because it's, it's about the most complicated idea you can have. Yes. Minimize your branding, have always changing in the foreground and then match that with a whole collection of different products. <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart and it's not for every business model, but for us, because it's built from the ground up, it's in everything we do. It, it works and um, you can never stand still. It's always moving forward. You need to truly believe in it and then you can drive it through the organization. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, well, you know, art's not really our thing. You know, if you run a health club, is it about inviting people that practice athletics that may not be common to North America, like a high lie professional uh, that comes in and talks about it or does exercise? You know, there's lots of ways you could take that same ethos. I have three ideas for clients right now. <laughs> so I've already gained out of this. So thank you very much, Matt. Your consulting fees in the mail. All right, um, no, and actually, I think the chapter in your book, when you talk about this, your autobiography will be called emotional connection because that's really what i think it comes down to right like the emotional connection with the people that are buying your product completely like there there's no shortage of companies out there and no shortage of products out there so making good products is you know a base standard and so what do you stand for beyond that so we chose that we one of our communities is about local and that we need to take that very serious and, and be very authentic about that but we weren't building, you know, a company that was, you know, solely about Hamilton. We were building a company that was about creativity and how do we how do we do that in an authentic way that we can shout from the rooftops? And that's what we focused on. So yeah, it's not necessarily about art. It's about finding that that nugget that makes you stand out from the crowd and makes you relevant to your consumers. I love that this uh, brewery based in Hamilton has this idea from this the same city that Tiny Talent Time was born out of. <laughs> that show do you remember tiny talent time yeah, yeah like yeah. local and like kids who were musicians artists dancers whatever go on and showcase their talent and it, i can only imagine the hot mess that must have been uh getting those kids organized for for live production but anyhow nonetheless finally i really want some practical 
tips. So, you know, if you're an executive director, a brand manager, a CEO, listening to this podcast, and you're just loving everything that Matt's talking about, which I would get because what he talks about, you, I know you want it. I get the emails I talk to every day in my business that you're looking for something that gives more meaning, that gives your employees and your colleagues something to get them excited about getting out of bed. I often, when I have these conversations, I'll, I'll ask the question, like, what you're really asking me is you want your place of employment to be life-giving. So, Matt, I don't recommend any company just copy and paste what you've done. So what are some practical things? If you were sitting down to start over, who would you get in the room to have the conversation? What steps would you take to kind of figure out your thing, which was ultimately around uh, really inviting the community and the artists into your business? But what were the steps you take to get to that answer? Just give it maybe two or three things you would do if you could start over again. Sure. I, I think obviously you, know, you need to look at your product and is your product your, your unique point of difference? Is that your message or is it the ethos of the, of the company beyond your product? And if it is, then obviously looking at who your consumers are and you know what, what is something that you're passionate about because as we all know, entrepreneurship and business is, is not easy. So you, be, you better you know, want to still be doing it in two years time. And so, you know, what is it that's important to, to you and what's important to your, your consumers and, and how can you deliver on that commitment? And if you can't deliver, if it just is going to be a flashy marketing ad, we've all seen so many of those, people will see past it. So, you know, Nike coming out with a Colin Kaepernick, the first thing you're looking at is, okay, that's an amazing ad. You've taken a point of view, mm. which is fantastic. Do you live against those points of view? And, and are you following through with that? And that comes all the way through to how you know how they how they as a company donate politically and everything because you know they need to champion that point of view and they can't speak out of both sides of their mouth. Mm. So identify the thing. Is it your product? Is it something about your organization? And then look into like, are you maybe have you even shown a history, maybe not formally, of doing this thing? And then three what you just talked about with like Nike, that was a great example is develop how you would live this out. Like maybe write down some actual applications and that can grow and expand, but those are three solid tips. I think if you want to get into this. Yeah. Like take a look at Patagonia. There's no better company I can think of out there that, oh. that lives and breathes it every day. They're a clothing company, yeah. but there's so much more than that. And, and so those, you know, those are the companies who have really figured out and created long-term stability for the, for themselves. And you don't have to be perfect, and it doesn't have to be the sole thing you talk about. But you do need to, uh, you know, you do need to be committed to it for it to be authentic and genuine. So, for those of you who are not familiar with Patagonia, again, they're a clothing company. But two things, two stories I love about them. One, when the recent administration, the former administration, in the U.S. gave a tax break to companies to basically allow them to pollute more. Patagonia took that as about a million dollars to them. They took that money and gave it right back to environmental causes to lobby against that tax break. It was great. It was a tax break that was supposed to help the environment and blah, blah, blah. And the other thing is for two months during like the busiest purchasing season of Patagonia on the front page of their website, which took up the whole page was the founder's book that just talked about his ethos for the, for his love for the environment. You know, not sales on sweaters or why our shirts are great, but like it was his Jerry Maguire moment, right? You know, his uh, mantra uh, on the front page. It was so great. Well, listen, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. I want to say thank you to a few people that 
put us together in the same room. First of all, Cindy Craig, who books and schedules these podcasts. Naomi, who helps me get ready for them. Austin Pomeroy is our audio tech. He does all the editing. The reason I don't sound like a chipmunk right now is because he slows my voice down and gives me some bass. Jamie Hunter is going to take this story. Hey, he's in Dundas, by the way. He's local to you. Uh, Jamie Hunter is going to take this content, put it out on social, write a great blog post. And Carrie Cotton, when today, specifically when I got um, a problem came up, she said, I know you have a podcast. I'll handle it. So I want to thank all those people. But Matt, especially thank you to you for coming on today. Yeah, thanks. It was a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. And uh, the URL is collectiveartsbrewing.com. You can find them in the LCBO, uh, definitely online. They do deliver. Their delivery is huge. Uh, have a great day, man. We will uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, you too.